Hey everyone, this is John Gunter, and you're listening to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. This week we are talking hermeneutics again. This is week three of our Wednesday night series. Uh, we're learning how to study the Bible, and I want to encourage you, if this is uh, new to you, if you haven't listened to the first, uh, the first two podcasts, go do that. Uh, and also, I just want to let you know there are a couple of resources that we're using and I have, uh, when I went through school, I was using Grasping God's Word as my main uh, hermeneutics book. That's what was required there. I'm using the third edition. There is a fourth edition out now. Uh, it's by Duval and Hayes, B-U-V-A-L-L and H-A-Y-S. And I, again, I'm using the third edition. And, and so what, what you're going to hear from this uh, podcast is a lot from that book. We're also using uh, the book Searching for the Pattern. My, my Journey in Interpreting the Bible by John Mark Hicks. And so, again, last week we talked about uh, kind of how Bible translations take place. What we need to know, you know, when we open up a translation, kind of what we're looking at. Because if you're on social media much, you may get thrown off by uh, different things. I've seen memes where <laughs> it's like the NIV versus the King James or something, where the evil NIV is taking out these verses. And so if you don't understand uh, the whole process there in, in translations, you may be scared by that and think, oh, my goodness, what's happening? You know, there's some agenda. Well, no, uh, what, what's happening there is actually the NIV, because of when it's translated, has the benefit of uh, when we found the Dead Sea Scrolls back in the 1950s. And so when we found those, we found documents like 1,000 years older than what we had before. And so by and large, what you get is a, is a, a more accurate uh, rendering of what the verses would have been. There weren't huge changes there. There's nothing that, you know, is, is missing that you think, oh, no, what, what happened? Uh, but there are differences as far as when you get newer manuscripts, that verse is not there or something like that. So it, it seems to be uh, an addition. Well, one of the ways you can check this, go to the end of uh, the Gospel of Mark. And the very, it seems in the last chapter there, it seems like the book ends, but then you have this kind of odd ad, kind of addition that doesn't really fit in the end of Mark. And you'll have a little footnote uh, in wh whichever uh, translation you use uh, that, that says, you know, this is not in such and such manuscripts or whatever. And so this is one of the ways that, that you can understand, you know, kind of how that is, has gone on. But the main gist is not, uh, not that discussion. It, it's about uh, translating from one, uh, language into another. And if you've done anything like that, I had Spanish in high school. If you've done any kind of translation work, you understand that languages are different. So you hear people say, I want the literal translation. No, you do not. Because, because it, that's not how it works. Because you don't just translate one word into the word in English and it, and it just match up perfectly. We have different sentence structure. We have different words that mean different things or multiple things. And, and so you're, you're working with a lot of different moving parts there to get the translation we have. And that's why we have uh, different translations. Also, uh, what you'll find is uh, some translations kind of stick to what, uh, what you'll hear in that podcast, a week two podcast, is a, is a formal structure. The King James, American Standard uh, are over there on the formal side, and they're focused on form. And then you have, as you move along uh, the line, you, you become, so on the left is formal, on the right is functional. So functional, uh, for, if you think of anything formal, it's, it's how it appears. We want the, the right form. Functional, hey, I want to be able to use it, right? I want it to be functional 
for me. And so as you go to the right, you, you go through all the other translations. On the very far right would be something like a paraphrase, like the message. And so what Eugene Peterson was doing there was just trying to translate the Bible into everyday language for unchurched people, people who didn't have the church language that we have and we take for granted. You know, we, we'll say things uh, just off because out of habit and not realize how that might sound to someone else. It's kind of like the, uh, the first century Christians were known as uh, uh, people who had incest because they kept, you know, talking about brothers and sisters. Well, they had relationships with their brothers and sisters, but it was brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, that, that church language that to an outsider may sound weird, but uh, the whole deal for uh, translation is we're trying to get uh, this old Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek into our language so we understand God's word and God's will for our life. And so there are no perfect translations, but again, uh, look at several. Look at several uh, that are out there uh, that are relatively new, done by a committee and all of that good stuff, and, uh, and that will help you uh, on your journey. Today, uh, we talk about uh, hermeneutics. We talk about the interpretive journey. So uh, what we're going to dive into today is kind of, um, again, what, what I covered in class but didn't record. Uh, we're just kind of finishing up the foundation in order to go into how do I interpret the Bible. This is not hard. This is something that uh, if you pick this up and, and once we get to the steps, and that'll be next week uh, because I'm going to stop this podcast where we stopped in class, uh, we kind of got, got off track a little bit so we weren't able to finish, but uh, what Duvall and Hayes do in this Grasping God's Word book is give you several questions to ask as you come to the Scripture. And so as we go through this, you'll, you'll be able to, and they're very logical. There's nothing, nothing too heady or anything like that. It's just when I open my Bible and I start to read from Matthew or I go in the Old Testament, I read from Genesis, there's some things I need to know and things I need to ask as I read. And that will help me understand God's Word and kind of get... Uh, get the meaning out for my life when a lot of times that may feel like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't know what to do with these verses. And so my goal here is to give you the freedom uh, to go into God's word and have that confidence. That's uh, freedom and confidence, I think, is uh, what I would want to relay more than anything is that I can open God's word and really dive in because I have these tools, I have these questions to ask. And so I can I can do what I need to do. So uh, I'm going to begin here uh, in the interpretive journey. Duvall and Hayes say, remember, the process of interpreting and grasping the Bible is similar to embarking on a journey. Reading the text thoroughly and carefully lies the, at the beginning of the journey. From this careful reading, we become able to determine what the passage meant in the biblical context. That is what it meant to the biblical audience. And that's what we're looking for, you know. Uh, there's no sense in, in yanking that out of context. We need to know what was said to them and what it meant. They go on. Often, however, when we try to apply this meaning directly to ourselves, we run into problems. We are separated from the biblical audience by culture and customs, language, situation, and a vast expanse of time. Now, none of that is groundbreaking, is it? You understand all of that. Yeah, we, we don't have the same culture or customs. We don't speak Koine Greek or, or Hebrew or Aramaic. Our situation is not the same in 2022 America uh, as it was there in the first century, or you go back in the Old Testament and way back. 
and then, of course, we've had so much time that has elapsed between now and then. And so we just come to it understanding, we need to understand that we do have differences here. They say these differences form a barrier, and they call this a river that separates us from the text, and that often prohibits us from grasping the meaning of the text for ourselves. Makes sense, right? If that were not enough, the Old Testament widens the river by adding another major interpretive barrier that separates us from the audience. Between the Old Testament biblical audience and Christian readers, today lies a change in covenant. So, uh, just thinking about it, again, very logical. You understand that we are we are not Old Testament people. We're not going into the Old Testament offering sacrifices or anything like that. So we understand when we read the Old Testament, there, there's a different thing going on. There's a different guide to their lives, okay? Again, not, not anything new to you, I'm pretty sure. But you just have to come to the, the text and understand this, that there is a covenant change as well as all these other things, okay? And they say, we as New Testament believers are under the new covenant, and we approach God through the sacrifice of Christ. The Old Testament people, however, were under the old covenant, and for them, the law was central. Again, the difference between us having Christ at the center of everything and them, uh, you know, they were focused on the law. Am I, am I keeping the law? Uh, and so you just have to understand that. That's it. All these other words <laughs> are just telling you that. You have to understand the context of everything. And the Old Testament, if you're reading from the Old Testament, you have to understand uh, that covenant was a part of this as well. And they say, they clarify again, in other words, the theological uh, situation for the two groups is different. There is a covenant barrier between the Old Testament audience and us because we are under different covenants. Again, just, uh, just saying again what I uh, just said. Thus, the river between the Old Testament text and us consists not only of culture, language, situation, and time, but also covenant. So when we come to the New Testament, again, as we read earlier, you know, you have this, this language, this situation, time, and culture difference. Old Testament, you add in also this covenant difference. We have much more in common with the New Testament audience, yet even the New Testament, the different Yet even in the New Testament, sorry, the different culture, language, and specific situations can present a formidable barrier to our desire to grasp the meaning of the text. The river is often too deep and too wide simply to wade across. And so what they're kind of pushing back against here, I think, is uh, that sometimes we just kind of dive in and think, uh, we have some sayings, you know, I, uh, when God says it, you know, that's it, I agree with it or whatever, you know, there's no interpretation or kind of understanding this is it's too simplistic but we we believe in God and God's word that strongly uh, but but by saying that again too simplistically uh, we're taking out all of the differences that we know to be there and so we have to take these things into account as we read it we have to try to understand that and somebody said asked Wednesday night, I said why is it so complicated I said I don't know I said that's a that's a question for God. Because, I mean, it's, uh, you know, he allows us to be this far away, to be in a completely different culture, to be 2,000 years, you know, in the future from a lot of these events in the New Testament. Uh, and, and so that's a question we, we can ask God one day, I guess. But what I would say and what I said Wednesday is, you know, what is your view of God? Do you view God as someone who would allow time to go on and all of these differences and send you to hell because you didn't do it perfectly? 
I sure hope not. That's not my view of God. And so uh, we're trying to do the best we can. And that's what this is all about, is trying to, uh, to help turn people loose to be better Bible students. That's what this is. And so when they say the river is often too deep and too wide simply to wade across, you just have to be prepared. You have to understand, well, some of these things may be a little deep. And again, Jesus didn't, he didn't shy away from these things. Jesus, uh, Jesus taught at times to say, he says, I teach in parables so that hearing they will not hear, seeing they will not see. He said, otherwise they, they would turn uh, and, and they might be forgiven. That's Mark 4, 11 and 12, uh, my paraphrase, uh, as he's talking about the, the parable of the sower. And so Jesus was, he was quick to say, hey, I'm going to teach so that people don't understand, people who aren't here to actually do the work. Because sometimes our view of Jesus is someone who just came around and kind of spoon-fed everyone. Um, we kind of think, hey, we ought to lower the barrier to entry as easy as we can. And, and you certainly want to, to help people when you can. But sometimes people just don't want to learn. People aren't really serious about it. Uh, remember even Jesus, as Jesus had a man come up to him and, and the man said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus didn't say, hey, come on board. This is great. What he said was, foxes have holes, hens, or birds have nests. He said, but the son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head. So what Jesus is saying is you better count the cost. Jesus doesn't say, hey, come on, this, is, this will be great. Hey, let's lower the barrier. He says, you need to count the cost because this is serious. This is very serious stuff, and if you want to, if you want to do it, you've got to take it seriously, and you have to be, you know, you have to be dedicated to this. And so that's what we hope for all of our people uh, that we get this this right. We understand the the seriousness of Bible study because uh, we understand from looking at the world around us that we're not reading the Bible anymore, and if we do read, we're not we're not studying very deeply. I've shared with my church several times that when I was at uh, Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas. Uh, the teachers would say that every year, like the entrance exam, as they just kind of uh, see where uh, incoming freshmen are in biblical literacy, they said every year that that went down, those test scores go down. And so it is it is one thing, I don't think we're reading really at all, but if we are, we're certainly not doing it very deeply. Uh, we may be like uh, <laughs> we used to do in my church, we used to take uh, daily Bible readers. How many of you read your Bible every day and and that's fine. That's a good thing to do to encourage people to read. But I think also what we can do is just read very quickly and say, hey, I read my Bible today and not ever get, uh, you know, uh, very deep into it. And so we need to understand that going in. Duvall and Hayes continue. They say, as a result, today's Christian is often uncertain about how to interpret much of the Bible. Does that, that's, that, feel, <laughs> that feel familiar to you? I mean, I think that's a, a lot of people where they are. We don't have a lot of uh, people who are ready to teach class. Uh, if they do teach class, a lot of times they just completely rely on someone else's material. I'm all about using someone else's material, but I, I don't think it should be a substitute for all of our study. And, and so where a lot of people are is just so afraid and feel so inadequate uh, to, to study that we don't understand. And so we just kind of stay there. And so they asked this question. They said, how should we understand Leviticus 19.19, which prohibits wearing a garment made of two types of material? Does that mean obedient Christians should wear only 100% cotton clothes? And so what they're doing is they're kind of getting into some application. So God said it, I believe it. That's it, right? Well, you go to Leviticus 19.19 and you say, well, you should only wear, you should, you should never wear, you know, two different types of material. 
So that, that thing you've got on that's polyester and, and spandex or cotton or whatever, you got to throw that away, right? Well, no, you have to understand, again, going back to what they've said, you've got a difference in, in this, this case, uh, you've got a difference in covenant, which, uh, which changes this. And so you need to, need to understand that as you go into Leviticus. In Judges 6.37, Gideon puts out a fleece in order to confirm what God has told him. Does this mean that we should put out fleeces when we seek God's leading? Now, would there be anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. But we understand when we're reading this account of Gideon that, again, we're separated by all these things. And uh, in addition, we're, we're separated again by the covenant. Passages in the New Testament are not always much clearer. For example, Peter walks on water in Matthew 14, 29. Does that mean uh, we should attempt to walk on water in our obedience to Christ? If not, what does it mean and how can we apply it to our lives today? Even if we cannot walk on water, how do we cross the river that separates us from the text? And this is, this is just, again, just kind of pointing out, even in the New Testament, uh, we, we read about this and we go, well, what's the application for me? Well, the, you're not going to look at Peter, and I don't. I asked the question on Wednesday night. Nobody had tried to walk on water. You don't just see that and think, what God wants for Peter, he wants for me, and so I should go try to walk on water in faith. No, that's, that's not what that's about. But we need to understand kind of a, a bigger theological understanding that, that Peter stepped out in faith. And so you ask the question to yourself, well, what is God asking me to do to step out on faith? Because so many of us, uh, fear drives our lives to the point where uh, doing, doing something that doesn't make sense or uh, stepping out when I'm scared to, again, teach a Bible class or to uh, step up at church and do some other things, um, you know, heaven forbid that we, you know, move from our homes or go to other places uh, for, for God. And so we've got to see, all right, what is God wanting from me? And in here, I think it is to step out on faith. And so, again, that theological significance is, okay, what, what is that for me? What does that look like for me? What is God calling me to do? So uh, they continue, he says, any attempt to interpret and apply the Bible involves trying to cross the river. While often unconscious of their interpretive method, which is, I think, uh, a lot of us, Many Christians today nonetheless frequently employ an intuitive or feels-right approach to interpretation. I started off in week one of this podcast talking about, or in our Wednesday night class, talking about uh, the Church of Christ's uh, kind of normal way of hermeneutics, the normal normal way to uh, interpret the Bible. And only four people in my class had ever heard uh, like the word that describes it. So for us in Churches of Christ, we approached it, and most of us, like I said, most of us did not know uh, the name of it. So when I asked that, they had no clue, but you do interpret the Bible that way. So for us, it was command, example, or necessary inference. Again, uh, we're looking for commands, we're looking for examples, and we're looking for, in quotes, necessary inferences. Again, you, you can see kind of the downfall of that because what I necessarily infer might not be what you necessarily infer. You see that? And also, when you talk about commands or examples, again, we could just back up to one of those uh, things we just read. Well, what about Peter walking on water? There's a uh, Jesus tells him to do it. He, he does it. There's an example there. Should we do it? Well, 
No. Uh, and, and so it's not a terrible way to, you know, interpret scripture. We do want to do what the Bible says, but we also need to leave room for context. And, and what is the meaning there? Is everything that someone does in the Bible something we need to do? And, and the answer to that is, is no. And, and we know that uh, because we don't do it. <laughs> we, we understand that even though that might sound, oh no, what do I, why haven't we been doing that? Well, because we don't need to. It's not what uh, you know, none of the other disciples got out of the boat and tried to walk to Jesus. Uh, you know, that was specific for Peter. And so what we just need to do is understand. He, he says, you know, many people are unconscious of their interpretive method. We're trying to become aware of it. How am I looking at this? Okay. And, and so that's what we're, we're trying to do here. But he says, again, Christians today, nonetheless, frequently employ an intuitive or feels right approach to interpretation. They say if the text looks as if it could be applied directly, then they attempt to apply it directly. If not, then they take a spiritualizing approach to the meaning, an approach that borders on allegorizing, which just means a, like a story within a story type of thing, uh, allegorizing the biblical text, which shows little or no sensitivity to the biblical context. Again, the most uh, important things we can do is, is keep everything in context, understand the why and what's going on. Uh, because otherwise, uh, we may try. We may try to be, you know, walking on water all the time. I don't know, spending all of the time doing that instead of what Jesus actually calls his disciples to do. Uh, and he says, or else they simply shrug their shoulders and move on to another passage, ignoring the meaning of the text altogether. Such approaches will never land us safely on the other side of the river. Those using the intuitive approach blindly wade out into the river, hoping that the water is not more than knee deep. Again, just trying to, if it feels right, then I'm going to apply it. If not, I might not know what to do with it. And so the hope is when I when I open my Bible and turn to a text that uh, it's not very deep out there for me because I'm, I'm not prepared for much uh, much else. And again, uh, this freedom comes from that I'm, I'm trying to give my church here, this freedom uh, to open the Bible and to ask these very simple questions. Again, teasing next week, you'll get to it. Uh, you'll hear that. Uh, but just to be able to ask these questions and to understand how I can dig deeper into what I'm reading. And they finally say here, this book, which is, again, Grasping God's Word, third edition for me, uh, this book addresses how to cross over that river into the world of today. They say, we need a valid, legitimate approach to the Bible, one that is not based strictly on intuition and feeling. We need an approach that derives meaning from within the text, but one that also crosses over to the situation for today's Christian. Keep in mind that our goal is to grasp the meaning of the text God has intended. Boy, that's uh, I've got that in bold on my notes. <laughs> uh, to, our goal, one more time, our goal is to grasp the meaning of the text God has intended. We do not need, we do not create meaning out of a text. Rather, we seek to find the meaning that is already there. So, that's important stuff. We need to understand what the, the original meaning was to those people, how they understood it, how they took it. And again, that takes work. And, and sometimes that may put us off a little bit. And why isn't, why isn't it simple? Why isn't it in our language? Why isn't it you know, this or that or the other? Uh, but I think that's a question for, you know, all right, well, how much do I care about getting into God's Word? How important is it to me to, uh, to really understand it and how much do I actually love being in the Word of God? Now, I may go to church. I may you know, try to read my Bible some, but how much are you really jumping in? 
Because as we look around at the culture today, I think what we're seeing is, uh, as I read, I think weekly, uh, church and church attendance uh, just keeps going down. People who believe in God keeps going down. And that's on all of us. That's on us because we've quit seeking God. We've quit reading his word. We've quit diving in. Uh, I shared this with somebody. People used to teach themselves Koine Greek, which is biblical Greek, just to be able to understand better. And, and yeah, you, you might think, man, that's too hard. Why do we have to, why would God have us do something like that? Well, where's our desire? What are you filling your life with that is taking the place of, of maybe a deeper Bible study than, than what you're used to? What is it that you've, you've put in there that is so important that, uh, you know, studying more deeply is a problem for you? And, and so that, that's what we've got to ask ourselves. You know, when, when I was at, at Harding, one of the biggest changes for people who came from other countries would be our rigidity in our schedule. Because in, in different countries, of course, um, especially countries that aren't as industrial as, as we are, I guess, uh, they take time for worship. They take time for study, and it may last you know, most of the day if you have a worship time. And so it's, it's not about when you get there. It's, hey, when we get there, we're going we're gonna to do it right. And here in, in America, in our culture, we have filled our, our schedules with so many things. It's, it's difficult to make ends meet. We've, we've bought too much. We've, uh, we've signed ourselves up for too many things. And then Bible study keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. And all of a sudden we're surprised that, that more and more people are moving away from God. Well, there shouldn't be any surprise. We should, we should understand it because we're not reading it. We're not, we're not pursuing God. And so, uh, again, this is, this is the end um, of where we got to in class. I want to read one more uh, slide that I had from my class that we didn't read. Uh, and they just say this, this journey works on the premise that the Bible is a record of God's communication of himself and his will to us. I'm going to read that one more time just in case that didn't roll off my tongue perfectly. This journey works on the premise that the Bible is a record of God's communication of himself and his will to us. So we're working on that assumption that you come to this really believing in the power of God's word, that it is for something, that God reveals himself through his word. Uh, they continue to say, we revere, revere the Bible and treat it as holy because it is the word of God and because God reveals himself to us through his word. And again, that should be our desire uh, to move closer to God as we, uh, as we study. And that's my prayer for all of us. I am so, uh, as my alarm goes off here, I'm so uh, uh, excited about this study and kind of Seeing people's journey through it, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, once you once you get through some of these questions and you're able to start applying, it can change your life because all of a sudden, okay, I can do this. You know, it felt like a hurdle, you know, before, but now it's like, okay, I kind of know where to go and the questions to ask and what to do, and all of a sudden, uh, it it really can open things up for you. That that's been my experience and the experience of uh, some of my friends as well, and so. I just can't wait to see uh, as, as we get through this kind of uh, in the future. And some of these things, you, you lay them down, and it, it's going to take a while for people to, gra to grab on and, and run with it. But I just can't wait. It's going to be a blessing to our church. So, again, thanks for listening to this podcast. 
we, uh, uh, we want to invite you to come out to our church anytime that you can. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.45, both of them uh, worship times. We have a, a teen class at 10.10 every Sunday morning, uh, and also Wednesday night classes throughout the summer will be at 7 p.m. So come see us anytime. We'd love to love to study with you, love to worship God with you. Uh, and if we can help you in any way, let us know. Again, we'll see you later.